Hello everyone, I am Matt Williamson and we are wrapping up the week here before Memorial Day, beautiful day in the Berg. Um, OTAs are done for the week, we'll reconvene again on Tuesday. So Pro Football Focus has been putting out their positional ranks. It's starting to be list season, folks. You know, things are starting to slow down. So some of the dudes, they've gone through most of the offensive positions. So some of the Steelers that are on there, I want to just kind of read what they say, see if I agree, disagree, all those good things. So we're going to scroll through that today. They have Najee Harris as the 19th best running back in the league right now. And seems a little rough, but I understand it. Here's what they had to say. Harris has been solid throughout his NFL career. He's rushed for more than 1,000 yards in each of his first two seasons, but did so with a sub 4-0 yards per carry average. So far, he's been a product of his volume more than efficiency. We'll see if it can take the next step in 2023. Well, I think he's always going to be a volume guy. I mean, in terms, I think he can get more efficient, and I have some numbers we'll talk about him in a bit here, where he was much more efficient, as was the whole offense, the second half of the season. Yards for carry is never going to be Najee's thing, though. I mean, he didn't run a 40 coming out of Bama. He's a big, strong dude that is not a breakaway guy. But you'd love to see that yards per carry get to 4-2, you know, especially with the improved line, improved weapons, third year in the league. And I and as I often say, I also think he's also an untapped resource in the passing game. So he's not going to be, you know, running go routes and things of that nature, but he can run a pretty diverse route tree and he has really good ball skills. So they have James Daniels as the 20th best guard in the league. I'm not going to fight him too much on that. I'd probably have him a little higher. I mean, you got to think there's like there's 64 basically starting guards. So you got top 21. That's great. So that's about the right neighborhood. So some of these things are based off their grades, of course. Daniel set a career high with the 73.2 PFF pass blocking grade in 2022 and tied for another career high with a 98.4 pass blocking efficiency rating, allowing 20 pressures from 686 pass block blocking snaps. Like many of the guards in this range, he's not going to be confused for a top five player at the position. But he's also unlikely to be a weak, weak link player either. I think that's important is I really think along the offensive line, I would rather have, you know, five not weak links or better. I mean, that's a rough way of describing it as opposed to a top five player and then a weak link and then another weak link and then another star. You know, I mean, so I, I think the Steelers have that and, uh, you know, Daniels epitomizes it. But they also on this list have the 14th best guard now in Isaac Salamalo. And Salamalo made the switch across Pennsylvania in free agency after a really strong second half of the season as a, as a pass blocker for the Eagles. From week 11 through the Super Bowl, he allowed three or more pressures in only one game with five outings where he shut out opposing interior pass rushers. So played his best down the stretch. I don't think people realize how good a pass blocker he is. I mean, I've even flirted with the idea that I think he could play tackle in a pinch. I'm almost certain he could play guard in a pinch. But let's say this holds up and you do have the 14th and 20th best guards in, in the league. You know, it's probably the second or third best tandem then, maybe even first. So a lot to be said for that. Probably won't shock you of their top, I think they ranked 30, 
offensive tackles. Steelers didn't have any on the list. I bet Chooks was probably just off of that, but didn't make the list. Thus, the Steelers use a first-round pick on an offensive tackle. Pat Fryermuth is their sixth overall tight end in the entire league. The Steelers trusted Fryermuth in 2021 as a rookie, feeding him 85 targets. In year two, that total was boosted to over 100 targets. And remember, he missed a little bit of time. Uh, he finished with the seventh highest receiving grade in 2022 at 78 point, or 78.3 and continues to be a, pu- a plus pass protector when asked to do so. Couldn't agree more. And frankly, watching him at OTAs, I thought he looked better in person than at any point I've seen him. So I think Fryermuth is a budding star. And sixth best tight end in the league right now, maybe he's fourth or fifth a year from now. I think that's not crazy. So a little bonus prize, Cynthia Freeland from NFL.com went through every team and said, who are the best, I think she called it the least appreciated players for what they truly bring to the table. And some of it's because of the money, you know, who's who's not making a ton of money, who's not getting a lot of recognition. But she also picked Fryermuth. And she cites that he's only making $1.5 million, you know, which 47th amongst tight ends in terms of earnings. Okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's a second year or he's a second round pick on a rookie deal. But he, she has some interesting stuff here. The offense is likely to improve due to the Steelers' great 2023 draft class, as well as forecast improvements in production on the offensive line and second-year pro Kenny Pickett having a year to play under his belt. Uh, when aligned in the slot last season, Fryermuth earned 100 receiving yards over expected and 73 yards after the catch over expected, ranking fourth at the position in both categories. I found that interesting. You know, just as a slot alignment he was fourth in the receiving yards he created and the after the catch yards he created. The third-year pro has the potential to ascend to the ranks of the top pass-catching tight ends in the NFL in 2023. Couldn't agree more. So they also did wide receivers. That was the last position. Pickens didn't make it. I think they ranked 36 of those. But Deontay Johnson did, and he came in at 24, in a league that's loaded with receivers, to be honest. Pittsburgh offense hasn't exactly been on fire the past couple of years, so Johnson's stats have taken a dive. He didn't have a single touchdown in 2023, but then rookie Kenny Pickett threw just seven all season, and Mitch Trubisky tossed four before he was replaced by Pickett. Johnson remains an outstanding route runner and a savvy receiver in even improved passing game to really showcase those skills. I agree with all that as well. So I'm going to take a break. And Rich Rebar writes for Warren Sharp's site. And he has his ranks for fantasy. But there's some in-depth stuff there, too, that correlates with these guys. So I'm going to kind of read you the Pickett, Najee, Warren, Deontay, Pickens, Fryermuth stuff and from a fantasy lens. But... There's a lot of, I'm going to be citing fantasy a lot because there's a lot of numbers and trends and nuggets that directly result or, you know, translate to the NFL. So I'll be back here in a minute. Okay, so these ranks are his 
Fantasy ranks at the position. He is Fryermuth 8 amongst tight ends. After a solid rookie season, which he caught 60 passes for just under 500 yards and 7 touchdowns, Fryermuth caught 63 of 98 targets for 732 yards and 2 scores in his second season. Despite the lack of receiving scores, a common theme for the Steelers in 2022, Fryermuth jumped up from an 8.3 yards per catch and 6.3 yards per target to 11.6 yards per catch and 7.5 yards per target. Fryermuth established himself as a target earner in his second season. He was targeted on 22.6% of his routes. That's seventh amongst all tight ends, while averaging 1.69 yards per route run, also seventh among all tight ends. So some of those underlying metrics, I think, are really impressive for Fryermuth. Pickens, as I've been telling you, is kind of a little all over the place. And I like the way he, that Rich describes him here. Had a, had a glass half full, half empty rookie campaign, campaign, depending on where you were squinting. He was fourth among rookie wideouts in overall targets, catches, and receiving yards, while ranking third in yards per catch. But Pickens ran the second most pass routes among all rookie wideouts and was only targeted on 14.5% of those routes, which was higher than only Tyquan Thornton, David Bell, and Brandon Johnson amongst rookies. His 1.3 yards per route run ranked 10th out of 16 rookie receivers, Pickens averaged 14.8 yard, air yards per targets, 10th amongst rookies, while 32.1% of his targets were deep targets, 20 or further more downfields, which was sixth in the league at his position. Just not a lot of efficiency there. I mean, that's kind of what I've been telling you. A lot of, a lot of that scheme, I, I get that, but not a lot of efficiency, a lot of too much deep stuff. So Pickens was the 37th ranked fantasy receiver. Deontay's the 30th. So, Johnson goes out and sets an NFL record without catching a touchdown by having the most targets without catching a touchdown. We all know that now. But still in fantasy, he was wide receiver 20 in target rate per route and the wide receiver 10 in team target share. So, we can expect some positive scoring regression to the mean here in 2023, of course. The only question is how much upside do we have him paired with Kenny Pickett? Since entering the league in 2019, this is interesting stuff here. Since entering the league in 2019, only seven wide receivers have had more receptions than Johnson. But out of the 96 wideouts to catch 100 or more passes over that span, Johnson ranks 81st in yards per reception. Of the 17 wideouts to catch 300 or more passes over that stretch, Johnson is last in yards per catch. So he is target hog, but he's not. A lot of it's the Ben stuff too, though. I remember the three yards in a cloud of dust to Johnson. So I I also think his yards after the catch stuff fell off last year, but I do think he is good with the ball in his hands. Some of that is route combinations like we've talked about. So in his running back ranks, Jalen Warren's 42. I would draft him in fantasy ahead of that. We are in prime handcuff territory here, and Warren is one of the best in that department. He chipped in with 593 total yards and 105 105 touches as a rookie and was more efficient than Najee Harris in just about every department. Among backs with 50 or more carries, Warren averaged 4.9 yards per carry, which was 15th, with a run of 10 or more yards on 14.3% of his carries, which was 10th, and had the sixth best success rate of all running backs. 
Warren's good, guys. <laughs> I'm really warming up to this guy being a really good player. So he has Najee Harris as his 19th ranked running back, which is pretty low for fantasy considering the touches he gets. But he has some good points here. Harris saw a universal decline the second season from his rookie campaign in any metric or counting stat you can find. The one area where he remained strong was matching the 10 touchdowns he scored over his rookie season. When the season ended, Harris still turned in 1,263 yards from scrimmage on 313 touches. So here's what I was saying before about the beginning and end of the season. Through eight games of the season, Harris rushed for 3.3 yards per carry and one touchdown. He was 44th out of 46 backs and expects points added per rush. 44 out of 46. And 45th out of 46 in success rate. And 44th out of 46 in yards before contact. Then Harris rebounded as a workhorse, overcoming that Liz Frank injury. We can't forget about that. But over the final nine games of the season, Harris rushed for 4.1 yards per carry and six touchdowns. He was sixth in the league in rushing over that span. The yards per carry were still lacking, but he climbed to 24th in EPA per rush, 16th in success rate, and 30th in yards before contact. Through two seasons, Harris has still been dependent on being a grinder. While he is lacking is in explosive plays, over the last two seasons, there have been 74 running backs with 100 or more carries. Okay, 74 running backs over the last two seasons have 100 or more carries. Harris has a run of 10 or more yards on 8.1% of his carries, which is 60th amongst those 74 backs. That's rough. No running back with a lower rate of explosive runs than Harris over that span has as many carries as him. The next closest is A.J. Dillon. All those things are pretty inarguable, to be honest with you. I mean, I do think we have to realize the Liz Frank thing the first half of the season was real. I mean, it's not made up. Lastly, he has Kenny Pickett ranked his 23rd ranked fantasy quarterback. Pickett completed 63% of his passes, which was 23rd, for 6.2 yards per attempt, which was 32 out of 33 qualifying passers. That's pretty bad. The yards per attempt was horrible. None of those quarterbacks had a lower touchdown rate than Pickett. Also horrible. But there's nowhere to go up for nowhere to go but up for Pickett in the touchdown department. When comparing the surrounding talent in 2023 for Pickett compared to other younger options, there is much more appeal in Pickett having increased viability. We're talking about fantasy, remember, and breaking out of a QB two platoon, you know, platoon, and being a usable QB two on his own. So I'm not ringing endorsement, but it kind of is a nowhere thing, nowhere to go but up, especially from a fantasy perspective with Kenny. Alright, I thought that was a fun little way to end the week. I hope everyone has a blast. I assume I'll get back to you Monday, but it is Memorial Day. Over and out.